0: Hello and Namaste. I'm Peter Furco, and this is Peter's Podcast, where we talk about real yoga, actual happiness, and deep living. Thanks for joining me. So nice to have you here. I've been thinking a lot about something that we call in uh, Sanskrit, Amahata. It's the unstruck. And it means the place in the heart, you could say, the place that resonates of itself. We have a part of us that's always resonating. And, you know, cosmologically, if you're of that nature, it's like the Big Bang, so named because it was just like a gigantic explosion of energy from small to what we experience now in the world. But part of that big bang is us. And the yogis think about us having this component, this unstruck sound. It's not reliant on anything else. It's just resonating as us. We are part of the resonating of the universe and when we're most attuned to that when we're most paying attention to that when we're aware of that then we're in yoga we're whole we're connected and and reunified so that we're experiencing ourselves as the resonating and also the thing that's in front of us this body and this mind and this personality and this interactions with others and all of that stuff. And then we are participating in it in a way that feels good, that feels full of grace, that feels full of bliss or joy or any of those words you want to have, not because everything's working out, but because in this scheme of things, I understand more where I am, who I am. I'm able to look and do what is expressed in this uh, classic yoga greeting, namaste. I'm able to see that I'm resonating and you're resonating with the same resonance. We're all a part of the same vibration of Big Bang of light of consciousness of awareness of what's happening we're all sharing in the same awareness power and I recognize that in you and in doing so suddenly our relationship shifts suddenly our relationship becomes one of self to self one of I see in you the light that is in me and in that, we are transformed. And there's so many uh, references that you could use for that, right? Um, the Course in Miracles: a book that comes out of California um, a handful of decades ago that that's bringing that same notion that we are spirit, it uses the word, it uses a kind of a Christian um, vocabulary that you know, what I do for you, I'm doing for myself, et cetera. And um, I was just listening to Krista Tippett's uh, show, On Being. She interviewed Brene Brown, who's a researcher uh, in things like vulnerability. And she said, uh, she, I'm quoting her here, I don't think when we're our best selves with each other, that that's what's possible between people. I believe that's what's true between people. And I don't think we have to work to make it true between people. I think we just have to get the stuff out of the way that's stopping it from happening. So here she's saying the exact same thing, that there's not only a possibility, but there is a truth about the way that we are who we are to each other. And it's it's quite delicious to think about that as the norm right that if we could more and more and more gain perspective on who we are who the other is then we'll find that relationship shifting into something that's feels true and feels like the best of ourselves so I hope you can um, work a little with that. There's a wonderful meditation satyam that I've been teaching the past week. Um, Come by Ishta and check out class. You can check out uh, my Patreon page. There's some stuff going on there as well. All right. And also some of the previous podcasts have meditation classes recorded. All right. Thank you so much. Namaste we're in for a real treat right now Kristen Leal is a New York City based teacher, lecturer and body worker who travels the world with her meta-anatomy trainings passionately sharing about the miracle of the human body and the liberating potential of movement and stillness she's the author of The Yoga Fan and Meta-Anatomy and she's currently writing her next book on the poetic energy body. Kristen and I have taught together for years, and it's a treat to get to chat about things we find important in yoga today. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Peter. Here we are in the East Village.
1: Welcome. Yeah,
0: thank you so much.
1: Welcome to the bone room. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. With the living cat. Sophie.
1: Yes, so far. Amidst so far, so bones, good. <laughs>
0: we have um, this house that was owned by a cat lady, mm-hmm. and when we moved in, we had heard that that was the case, that she had lots of cats, and then there was little bits of evidence, like scratchy oh. marks on the window sills and stuff like that, Then one day our cat went into this interesting extra room that we have. It's sort of like an attic, but it leads into a room above the garage, mm-hmm. and our cat was making some sound, and Wendy came over to see what was going on, and the cat was batting around a cat's skull. <laughs> <laughs> dark.
1: It's dark. Yeah. Really dark.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I just said in the intro that you were an, an anatomy person, but yes. you have, like, a serious set of anatomy stuff.
1: Yeah, mostly human. Yes. <laughs> no cat paraphernalia, yes. but...
0: And not only that, but your, your meta-anatomy book... Mm -hmm. has this magnificent art on it with the skull, with a plant growing out of it, flowers growing out of it. And you post so many things on Instagram that are that combo, that it's like something about the body that has something growing of uh, the other kingdom in it yes. yeah I
1: was very lucky to find um, Maria Gonzalez who was a student in a teacher training who was a graphic designer uh-huh. and so she did the skull with the logo yeah um, and it's it was such a um, moment of uh, genius on my part to put that on there because everyone comments about it. It it draws a lot of people, her her art. And then I've been able to find so many brilliant artists yeah
0: that was my question are yeah. you just finding all these other pieces or are people turning you on to them or a little bit of both from? now yeah.
1: nowadays people are sending them to me which is uh-huh. great yeah uh, it makes it a little easier because sometimes it does feel social media feels like a little bit of a second job some some days absolutely uh so uh i follow some anatomical blogs um but there's there's so many brilliant artists out there doing Anatomical work, right? Um, it's,
0: uh, but this is even—I mean, this is anatomical meets some other kind of expressiveness.
1: Yeah, it's—it's because it's, I, 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 I really think there's something universal about the experience of just being alive in our bodies that mm-hmm. is poetry, that is art, that is inspiration. Yeah, you know. So um, I think that's uh, universally found through these these artists. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm lucky to. I don't know. The internet's a wondrous place, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm lucky to find so them. So I
0: see mostly see them on Instagram, I think. But you have a Tumblr blog too, mm-hmm. so yeah. you have stuff on there. Mm-hmm. That's probably a good format for presenting all of those pieces.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like. I'm, I'm more drawn to the ones that are more picture based. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the pictures seem to um, speak to me a little bit more than some of the like Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, more word-based, more text-based. Yeah.
0: yeah. Me too. I, I, I shied away from Instagram for a long time, but then I was, I'm a photographer and when, once right. I got into it, I was like, wait, this is fantastic.
1: What was your hesitation?
0: Um, I don't know. Just I, another I, I, form it was of, just another yeah. thing, you know, like I was, I was late to that game. Like I, I, I picked up on Facebook pretty quickly, but mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't want another one. It's like too many things. I know. <laughs> I'm now I these. don't even know what they are that I'm missing.
1: I know. I'm sure there's some new ones that yeah. I'm not hip enough to know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, what's the latest yoga? I don't know what that is either. Mm, I think many, it involves... Uh, goats.
1: Goats, yeah.
0: <laughs> Someone just asked me about goat yoga yesterday.
1: Yeah, it's tough to find in the city. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm. Not that I would want to.
1: Right. Seems Good. like the poo might get to be a problem. Right. I just, that's all I can think about.
0: Yeah. I Especially do like goats. I just, I don't doing know if like I want to. do yoga with them, <laughs> and that seems to be what you do with them.
1: Well, I think that's what they prefer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but seriously, now. Right. Yes, yes. Yoga.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's it all about? <laughs> Is that the
1: question we're supposed to answer?
0: Um, well, in my podcast, I have a subtitle, uh, Real Yoga, mm. Actual Happiness, and Deep Living. So we can talk about any of those things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of things fall into those categories. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's nice to talk to someone with, with a long practice like you, you know, because... Um, uh, people when they're newer to yoga they get very excited and they're sort of like a, a plateau time and you know and as you practice for a long time you realize well there's still life you know and mm-hmm. it's still going on and it has all the challenges and yoga is a way of addressing them mm-hmm. but it's not like a magic bullet it's more like it makes you realize that you're the magic bullet
1: yeah that's beautiful yeah i think the the term real yoga, you know, is, is sometimes challenging for me because I've been around a little bit and I've seen a lot of transitions as I'm sure you have of what is considered yoga, what is labeled as yoga, what the public assumes is yoga. Um, and sometimes it can get, um, I get bristly (laughs) with, you know, a goat yoga or beer yoga or whatever. And, um, but I, I I try to remind myself I started with a really physical, um, wild kind of practice. I remember I when I uh, I was at Shiva Mukti when I started, and um, Rod actually came. Rod mm. Stryker came uh-huh. to Chiva Mukti before I even knew anything, and he. Um, I would just remember I, I couldn't listen to it. I was like, Well, when are we putting our legs behind our head? Like, yeah. when is the handstand instruction come? Right. And I try to remind myself of that now because we all start somewhere. We all, the body, the physical body, the densest, gross, yeah. the gross meaning large, you know, Anamaya part of us. Kosha. Yeah, on a we start there. Yeah. And, and, and it's easier for, for people. And, you know, uh, it was easier for me. I'm denser than most. (laughs) So (laughs) I needed a physical practice at, you know, 18 or however old I was to just to sit still. Right. And I needed the discipline. Yeah. I remember um, uh, David Um, used to say um, and Sharon used to, David Mm -hmm. Life and Sharon Gannon used to say uh, in our meditation for a meditation instruction. And I'm sure... Who knows if this is what they actually said? This is what I heard. Yeah. Right. Um, but they would say things like, um, uh, don't move, don't think, be still. And that was kind of it. Yeah. And I would see all these like very cool hip yogis around me, famous people and models and everything doing it. And so I just kind of shut up and sat still and tried not to think. It was a Losing battle. Yeah. Um, But I, you know, I look back on it and think, you know, I had the discipline. So then I could sit with a teacher like Alan Finger at some point or later, you know, Yoga Rupa, Uh Rod Stryker. I would never have been able to feel what these teachers were talking about or hear or experience these more subtle aspects without just kind of beating my body up.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, tearing myself apart. In order to now put myself back together, right? You know, I don't think everyone has to start that way, but it, you know, well, I, I think, have compassion for yeah, those absolutely. I coming think, in. I think
0: David and the, the whole Chiva Mukti thing—it's it's an authentic practice, you know—and mm. I, and I I consider that real yoga. You know, mm. it's that it's goat yoga as one's <laughs> introduction to yoga. I mean, I guess it gets some people who have like farming inclinations interested <laughs> in yoga. But if you if it doesn't have anything more to it, right. then it's not a way into yoga. It's mm-hmm. just a thing, you know.
1: I have a hope though mm-hmm. that if people move their body in synchronized syn- synchronized with their breath, yes, and that there's at least an attempt at stillness, shavasana meditation, something, an awareness that maybe, maybe they leave going. I feel different. Right. And, and and maybe that compels them to then seek out a deeper
0: level yeah. or
1: another level of, yeah. of work. Absolutely. Um, cause it, I think it gets very easy for me. I can get kind of judgmental mm. and negative about the yoga world sometimes. And, and I want to comment on things mm-hmm. and, and claim what is real and what is not and stuff. And I have to, I've come around to, to the thought that I just want to offer what I know to be true, what I've digested and what I've assimilated in my own life and my own practice from these amazing teachers I've been lucky enough to find over the years. Mm-hmm. And then maybe that speaks to what what is real, mm-hmm. right? And then maybe that touches someone's heart, you know. Absolutely. Um, rather than... Um, Try to, you know, break down what it isn't. I just want to. Yes. I just want to teach what it is. Yes. What I feel it is yeah. now. Yeah. God knows. Twenty years from now, I I'll mean, be like, look what I taught twenty years ago. What a right. joke!
0: <laughs> right. Well, I, I, we all have that arc of yeah. teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But I, I remember teaching. You know, talking to someone who was a a teacher trainer who only did asana, right. and didn't really care about not te- teaching anything else, you know? mm-hmm. and I said, it's okay, you know, asana is good for learning concentration, so Yeah, great, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, it's, it's real, right. for sure, because you need that to go on to mm-hmm. the rest of the practice, but I, I'm excited that there are great teachers available to keep the real yoga alive, right. so that someone knows what to do once you get done playing with goats. You know, gets t- can tell you what to try next. You know, you clean off your on, mat? The dope, <laughs> on the goat, on the goat, and clean up your mat. Yeah, isn't well, that I, that famous Buddhist book? Like I first I, do the and first do the laundry. First, or right,
1: and then and or no enlightenment and then do the laundry yeah, something like that, that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think um, yoga rupa said something last weekend about um, uh, we're not trying to um, provoke and poke uh, kundalini this divine kind of right. potential to arise right. we're just making the vessel strong enough and 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 interesting enough and and buff up the edges enough that she she goes, "Hey, this is a cool place to reside. I yeah. ha- I'm going to hang out here. I'm going to fill Yeah, the, the container. Lovely, lovely yeah. Metaphor.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because we do think we, we're doing all this stuff to that energy. Right. <laughs> like that energy needs us <laughs> right. to do stuff Using your to butt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Banda. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> make her
0: awake. Right.
1: right. We are. He said, "We are awakening to her."
0: Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's always there. Right. And uh, just waiting. I, I've I've been watching this um, Indian. It's live action, but it feels like a cartoon of the Ramayana.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: On Netflix, and it's just so cool to see how they're depicting, you know, like Vishnu asleep with a smile on his face and then Earth is saying, wake up, Lord, we need you, you know, and to just like, what is it? What seems to be the problem? Evil is taking over the world, you know, it's just, <laughs> but fantastic. It's, it's, it's like, here we are, you know, yeah. like, all we have to do is open up to that. Right. Right other thing and see that you know the world has a has a logic to it and we're in the midst of it right we're not we're not making it up we're not in control but
1: we are and we, we right? are we are we
0: are we have a role right right it's we're to,
1: we, we can we can squint yes the boat yeah. right yes um but you're the, using hand signals sorry, right Yeah. No, but that's It's like the
0: the nature of us Mm -hmm. is that we're we have a say in how we're fulfilling our piece of the karma. Right. You know. Right. And so, yeah, we're we're able to make choices, and we're able to steer, and we're able to do this to a certain point. Right. And after that, Ishvara Pranidhana. Right. You know. Right. allow the universe to do its thing
1: right don't swim against the current
0: right yeah there's something flowing through and you have to get okay with that i think it's maybe you don't have to necessarily like it but you have to end up having a detachment or right which is different from passion like passion that I think helps you figure out what is it that I should be doing and how how should I steer
1: mm-hmm.
0: right but yeah, then and, to and, let go and, of the outcome
1: right unveiling the the dharma mm-hmm. right the, the, the purpose mm-hmm. um, but the details of how you're gonna accomplish that or bring that out right. more fully
0: right and even knows? what it might ultimately look right, like right right yeah I was just talking to someone who's been wanting to write, you know, like has been thinking. Um, you know, I really want to. I'm a writer. I'm not writing anything. I really want to figure out how do I write more. And, and something just came up, an opportunity, you know, hmm. just like utterly out of the blue. Yeah. And that's that like how it how it comes sometimes. Sometimes you work really hard to make it happen, and sometimes it just drops in your lap, and you yeah. just can't know. I think.
1: Are you writing right now?
0: I'm writing something with Alan on meditation.
1: Uh, is it? A book. Can you talk about it? a book? Yeah, a yeah. book
0: about meditation. I don't want to talk too much about it. Okay. But secret. Yeah, secret project. It's a secret book. Yeah. <laughs> like all the yoga books say, you must learn this from a is teacher. Is it
1: 10 steps to enlightenment? <laughs> <laughs> Using goats. Using goats. Yes. Of course. Or
0: goat milk, precisely. Yes. But yes.
1: Elena Brower, did you hear her talk about goat <laughs> oh, milk? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, right.
0: Yeah. What was she saying? She's been happy she... since she started... Well, she went on
1: this milk. fast when I, when I saw her at the mm-hmm. workshop. Um, she said, well, I've been on a seven, I think it was seven-day goat milk fast. Right. That's all she was, <laughs> she was drinking. And part of me was like, i got to get some goat milk. <laughs> like, she See, is, we're
0: all looking for the silver bullet. We are. are the she, silver bullet, she seemed,
1: she seemed like, you know, she she's just a... She floated into the room and her goddess-like self, and yeah. I thought, man, goat milk is the answer. <laughs> Where do I even purchase goat milk?
0: At uh, Whole Foods.
1: Do they have it there? Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm going to make a trip. because yeah.
0: Now they have goat milk and oat milk. If you're not into oat, cheese, you just right. get the oat milk yeah. instead of the goat milk.
1: I'm not too fond of the animal products, <laughs> but... Yeah. I don't, it could be the secret to everything. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to discount it
0: yeah <laughs> or just clean the vessel right right and let the goddess arise <laughs> In many ways right That's what Shivananda says. the has the, 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 the same kind of approach to meditation like you go to if you go to the Shivananda ashram. Mm. You know you they wake you up with a bell at about six in the morning and you walk down to the meditation room and you you sit in the room and and nobody says anything you know you're just like everybody's quiet mm-hmm. and then forty five minutes later they start chanting but um when they start chanting one of the they, they'll chant to all of the different uh, deities but then there's this you know the path is many but God is one mm-hmm. ends up being one of the one of the things they roll through we'll get right back to our conversation with Kristen leal this week join me and mona anand for a live version of this podcast at ishta yoga it will be an actual party with lots of good conversation there's a link in the show notes for details Join me for an Easter yoga retreat with Ishta teacher Petra Reckbrandt, who is the author of the book Yin is the New Black. So, between us, we'll be yinning and yanging so you can renew your view on life. If you're like me, you're sick of this winter weather, so we're retreating to Antigua in the British Virgin Islands. It's March 29 to April 3rd. A link in the show notes will bring you to the details page where you can sign up and learn more. You can find out about what I'm doing, including classes, workshops, and retreats, at peterferco.com. Thanks a lot. And then finally, join me on patreon.com. This is a crowdfunding place, which is the hip thing to do. You get to say, I value this, here's how much I value it for. And then Peter's podcast gets to be free of ads for stuff like mattresses and food delivery services, all great stuff, but it just doesn't seem to fit with the podcast about real yoga, actual happiness, and deep living. So I hope that you'll come to patreon.com, subscribe for any amount you like. You can always cancel or change at any time. There are special rewards too. Check it out, patreon.com slash peterspodcast. Can we talk anatomy for a minute? Sure. So um, my pleasure. One of the things that you um, bring to light in anatomy uh, courses and in teacher training, etc., is that people's bodies have different capabilities, uh, and it's not always just from. How much they've been practicing or how they're practicing, but there's something inherent about different bodies. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that
1: yeah we we all have um, we all have different ranges right in in all of our various bits and bobs and I think sometimes um we think that there's a standard, or we think that there's some place that we should go, like everyone should be able to do lotus right. pose or padmasana. We hear we statements hear it through the, like,
0: is this right?
1: Right. Is this right? Or um, am I, uh, what is the alignment? Where should my back foot be? Uh, when, when will I be able to do full lotus pose all, all this all this kind of stuff from our students and from our teachers from our fellow right. teachers and my
0: favorite one last year was my knees aren't flexible enough yet to do the lotus yeah but i'm well working
1: god on bless <laughs> we're laughing
0: uh, because knees aren't they don't get no, flexible
1: <laughs> uh, let's hope not um but we all have a different range and and um we're all just incredibly unique different proportions different range different lexicity of ligaments or um uh, muscles and how they coordinate it's a whole symphony of actions mm-hmm. um and they're we're just wildly wildly different kind of like different snowflakes right? mm-hmm. All uh, just just no two are alike
0: because it's the whole system coming together the whole together. system
1: and everything is interconnected and interdependent. So one you know, different area is, is connected to every other part of you. And so to, to demand a certain standard or even to demand a, a certain range, you know in anatomy books they'll have, this joint has between 60 degrees and 90 degrees of mm-hmm. range. Says who? It's, mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of usually white men mm-hmm. that they've kind of, of a certain age, that they measured, a small group, and then mm-hmm. they say and call out that that's the standard for everyone, which it's kind of silly, right? right, right. So um, I, I like to emphasize that in bringing different bone specimens or um, just looking at different bodies, as as we all do as teachers uh, in the teacher training, especially at Ishta, um, just to honor that. So there's no one cookie-cutter pose to to be found. There's no one. Um, the word alignment gets kind of thrown around a bit, and there's no. Uh, it's it's rather than what is the alignment of this is what are we aligning to? Mm-hmm. You know the 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 physical postures are really just kind of um, pointing us in the direction inside what's going on in the internal landscape, right. and that can look a gazillion different ways on a gazillion different bodies, and yeah. they, honestly doesn't matter one bit right we look at the elevation, and uh, this
0: gets to real yoga
1: yeah I mean what they, are,
0: why are we doing it
1: and if we we look at you know Mark Singleton has this great book um, yoga body which he kind of has different hypothesis of where the asana were really born from these yeah, physical postures right and so I think there's a temptation for students and even students coming into teacher training I'm often shocked um, that I'm sometimes the first person to kill their dreams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm the first person to tell them that like eighty percent of these postures that we're gonna be talking about were born from the nineteen eighties on, not ancient on a cave wall somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, so and they're not always therapeutic. You know, we we also get some kind of advertising that, oh, you have a bad back, do yoga. You know, oh, you have knee problems? Yoga, and so a student comes in, a new teacher comes in, and thinks all these poses are therapeutic in nature. Well, right. it's 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 just not the case, you know. It's right. um, so I I like to by using kind of our bodies, our physical meat suit, <laughs> I call mm-hmm. it. Um, start to direct people to thank you uh to start directing people towards um how is this philosophy of yoga alive in yourselves like how by moving your body what does that connect you to you know is there a way as teachers that we can do less harm Mm -hmm. right and support people rather than demand an alignment or a certain you know, angle of your back foot because it's right. just—it's not going to bear out for most people. Right.
0: Um, yeah, it's not. No. <laughs> it <never laughs> and does. I learned the hard way.
1: Yeah. I, you know, as a lot of us do. We learn by going too far, right. by pushing past a boundary. Right. You know,
0: hurting oneself. Hurting
1: oneself, injury, pain. Mm-hmm. Um, death mm-hmm. uh, or we we learn in our lives from a failed relationship or um uh, something that's that's amiss in our world and that's usually where we get a lot of information and a lot of growth is from that stress that's how our cells regenerate
0: yeah you know i feel that um the fact that i don't even know which what's the what's the causing factor of this but i'm seeing such a bigger range of teacher trainees mm-hmm. whereas when I first started teaching most of the teachers were people who had a lot of range like they they came into yoga because they were good at doing those postures yeah. a lot and, of
1: dancers
0: yeah I mean that's how and, I came and gymnasts mm-hmm. and 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 now I see just many more people who don't have that kind of a background coming in and mm. And they do have that wonder about am I ever going to be able to do that pose, but it also makes it clear that um bodies won't necessarily do those kinds of postures. Mm-hmm. you know it's not like before it seemed like even from Mark Singleton's book, you know it was like a demonstration of what Indian boys could do. you know mm-hmm. look at this great stuff that we have in our heritage. Mm-hmm. That's just as good as European gymnastics and Gymkhana and whatever. Right, right. Um, and now we've moved off into people just enjoy the way it feels, what you were saying before. It feels good to breathe and to move and to concentrate on that and to stay focused not on other stuff going on and not even competing. Right. Um, it just feels good to do and people get interested and they want to learn more and so they take teacher training to deepen their practice. and Yeah. And then they have the question, Am I ever going to be able to do this? Mm -hmm. And then your answer, you know, well, bodies are different.
1: Yeah. And also, I think there's, I think, a shift in at least the way I approach teacher training from, let's say, 10 or 15 years ago, of not trying to answer so much as to inspire questions, Mm. you know, and to get them to think um for themselves give them the tools to kind of navigate and set up the experience but let them kind of start questioning why do i want to do this where did this pose come from what does it actually mean to me okay now that i know the range in my knee joint and what it does and what it's what i'm sacrificing uh by doing this pose is it worth it to me Am I gonna share that as a teacher? Why would I share that as a teacher, yeah. and let them start to um, empower them to think for themselves? Because yeah. we know two hundred hour, two hundred hour standard kind of baseline teacher training is just goodness a drop yeah. in the bucket. Even a five hundred hours, two drops. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's it's not enough to give thousands of years of of teachings disseminated through thousands of brilliant minds and experiences translated to our hundreds of bodies and students and their experiences. So to, I think my job, what I've seen my job kind of transform is, is can I inspire them and empower them enough to just have an embodied experience of it and assimilate that and teach from that rather than tell them do this pigeon's going to kill you uh Mm -hmm. don't don't raise your arm this way Mm -hmm. you know let's look at why and why it would not be valuable and how about on your body and how about on your body
0: yeah i often say that we're trying to make um people who are investigators you know analysts Mm -hmm. like what is this for what is it what's it doing in that person Mm -hmm. and why were you doing in the first place and is that getting are you getting that Mm -hmm. and if not what what could you do instead you know or if something's going on that they don't feel good and that that feels wrong can you look at what's going on and why might that happen and then how do you adjust that
1: right
0: you know because the craziest things like somebody who seems like they would be easily able to fold forward Mm -hmm and they can't and why Mm -hmm. right so then you're if they if they just think well you're supposed to Mm -hmm. or what pose should i do to make me able to do that
1: right
0: you know you you won't find the answer right you know
1: i mean we're so goal oriented too like okay if you can touch the floor then put your hands under your feet if you can Put yeah. your hands under your feet, then you know the, yeah. wrap them all the way around <laughs> your body exactly. twice. You know, yeah. and I think there's 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 this tendency to bring that whatever that mindset mindset is from your work life or your relationship right. status or whatever where of what's the are, next yeah. step where I go next. We bring that into the yeah. asana, and as teachers, we also bring that into our teaching. What what do I do next, and how do yeah. I get them here? And and so it's not just helping them to, um, analyze with their mind, but actually move into their heart. Right. So it's not just, I'm teaching from my intellect. Yes. And I know a lot of things, yes. you know, but it's, um, being able to be across from someone, uh, another person, this God beloved student who paid money to be in your class. My mm-hmm. goodness, what a treat. Right. Um, but to be able to have a moment with them and, and just be I see you, I hear you, I'm with you. Yeah. This is an experience I'm gonna set up and and I empower you now to tap into it and have your own experience. So I'm not telling you. Right. Like this is going to be energetic for you and uplifting yeah. and yeah. and you should be able to touch your toes by the end of this or do right. full wheel. You know, it's I'm here for yeah. this hour, hour and a half, whatever. Yeah. I see you.
0: There was this delightful story in the Satchitananda version of the Yoga Sutras Mm. where he says one of his students uh, who was a teacher came and said, Oh, I'm so uh, stressed out because I'm always trying to figure out what new can I teach in class because, you know, people are paying me money and I I want to give them something new. Yeah. And Satchitananda said, Oh, we just do (laughs) yoga. They leave and they're happy. (laughs)
1: So simple. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's also you know a new teacher. I know I did at least. I don't know if it's everyone's experience, but you want to come up with a new sequence that no one's ever done before. You know, like uh, I remember as in my when I took a three hundred hour training, and uh, the one of the other students in the program, we all had to come up with sequences and teach it to one yeah. another. And she did a side plank to wheel to the other side side plank to like hanumanasana to like turn over onto your back like it was just this like whole thing and she was talking it through and um we were just reading it you're not doing it and in my head i was like oh dear lord (laughs) (laughs) our limbs are gonna just fly off yeah um but i i know that temptation of of wanting to um you know link all these arm balances together and and um, you know, come up with something that no one's ever heard about. But that just is a um a way of, I mean looking back, I I'm sure I thought I had a really, you know, profound reason for doing so. Yeah. But looking back I think it was just um a feeding of my ego that I could give them something that no one else could do, mm-hmm. or but it's really just Exhausting their bodies and entertaining and distracting them from the reality of where they are, which yeah. is the furthest you can get away from yoga. Yeah. Um, but I think there's definitely a desire to yeah. in this overflooded yoga teacher market to offer something or that no one else is doing. Yeah. But what that comes from is your own internalized assimilated yoga right that you can offer that right. is innately going to be uniquely you right right um but trying to tell myself that as 20 as a 20 year
0: old <laughs> yeah yeah well and also you know like you said you came from dance and then people mm-hmm. come from gymnastics and in both of those it is about making the tricks harder or at mm-hmm. least in a dance you know choreographing something yeah. that's interesting yeah. so and yoga can have some of that but it's not necessarily that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You won't get there from here. You know, the Very answers true. aren't yeah. there. Yeah. So
1: there's no there there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's like the silver bullet. Oh, mm-hmm. that class was amazing. We did this to that to that to that. Mm-hmm. And where were you at the end? <laughs> That's the question always, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, like in in Rod's um, workshop, the, um, we did this this heart um, practice mm-hmm. on the second day, and um, like midway through the practice, or, or you know, toward the the last third of the practice, we sat. It was a mm-hmm. meditation, and then he started guiding something. I said, "Stop talking. I'm already there. Right. <laughs> I don't, wanna, I don't <laughs> want anything more now. I'm already doing what I'm doing here. This is that." Yeah, but yeah. you know. That's because I've practiced a lot, you Mm -hmm. know, so I don't, I'm not in the market for like new techniques, you know, um, but when, when one comes to the practice, I think it's hard to realize, okay, you're, you're going to do the work now. It's not like I'm going to lead you through something that's Mm going to magically lead you to the thing. Right. And now you're going to be there. And that's
1: where that power differential comes through that, that, you know, is, is now, thankfully coming to light in the yoga community more and more yeah. through the me too you know yeah um, uh, work and that's where that power differential I think stems from that the teacher has something over you mm-hmm. that can he she can give you what you're looking for what you feel is lacking can fill the hole right right? which we all have we all have some kind of you know uh pain hurt feeling of lack somewhere feeling of incompleteness somewhere um that brings us into that motivates us to to to, in life and also to come to a practice you know we're all kind of injured birds Mm -hmm. (laughs) coming in in some way Mm -hmm. for this practice and i think when the teacher holds the opinion uh, or teaches from the pulpit of um i have something to give you right i i have the answer you know you need to come to me and no one else right Right. because everyone else is doesn't know i know Mm -hmm. right that's where this the trouble yeah Comes yeah. right? and the abuse comes. This, yeah. this kind of patriarchal, um, uh, hierarchical kind of systems, right. which you know, unfortunately, goes through lineages and guru guru disciple kind of relationships. Yeah, fraught. Yeah, that's fraud, yeah. Uh,
0: with that. Yeah, because teachers are people too.
1: Of course. Yeah. 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 But I think as as someone who uh, most of my teaching right now is to teachers it's, mm-hmm. it's just how it's it's born out for me and i'm incredibly glad because they're really interested in right. stuff and i you know i got stuff to say and they seemed hungry for it so yeah. it's, it's a great pair <laughs> yeah. um but as someone who who teaches a lot of teachers i think it's it's so important to keep offering that up that you know um uh We are human. Our students are human. We're having a human experience. We're only setting up experiences for people to tap in at the level that they can tap in. Right. Or feel comfortable tapping in. Right. Uh, We don't have the answer. We don't need. All we need to do is do our own practice. And That Judith Lassiter quote that always confounds me... um, I practice for my students. I teach for myself,
0: mm.
1: which I always thought was backwards. Mm. You know, like I practice for me. My God, that's mm. my time. You know, that's mm. my really sacred time. Um, but it's I practice so I have more to offer my students. I have this embodied experience of what this is all about, yeah. right? And then I teach for myself. I, I teach what I know to be true. I I, I, I teach what I feel really connected to. Yeah. Right. If I tried to go into a room and teach hot booty bar right uh, with Beyonce music and stuff, it ain't gonna read.
0: It's it, great it, alliteration though. Right,
1: thank you. Um <laughs> I'm very fond of alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> uh you, you know, it, it's just not gonna reach the students and it's definitely not gonna be satisfying right uh, to my soul. Right. You
0: know? Yeah, and I think people who are beginner teachers and they're like struggling to find some classes to teach or something, mm-hmm. often will try that. Yeah, you know, try to see can I do this other thing?
1: I think as a I beginner teacher, to... I, I I always say teach everything. Yeah, you know, teach teach uh, at a, a senior center. Like, yeah, very limited in in the. I'm going to put it in air quotes the Mm -hmm. classical kind of yoga postures and stuff so you got to really think on your feet and bring the practice to them right Um, teach kids my god that's awful (laughs) it's awful Um, they don't want to do anything that you're doing right Um, how do you reach them or or, uh, teach your mom you know my god that's hard you know or um you know, teach everyone, try everything, and that's when you start to whittle down what is really you're really connected to. And yeah, then you can and do makes further. you the, helps
0: you in that analyst role yeah. too. Yeah. yeah,
1: more bodies so you can see yeah. the human diversity, right? right? Um, and and be able to um, adapt the practice to meet them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that phrase. um, Oh, we're gonna modify this pose, yes. right? That we use all the time. Well, if you yes. can't touch the floor, I guess you could touch a, right. get a block. I right. guess, right? And right. it's so condescending, right? Totally. And um, I I really bristle at the word modify. I like the word adapt, because it's not us that are trying to modify to the pose, some like right. picture of yoga journal pose, right? Yes. It's it's the Postures that are adapting to meet us, mm. right? So it's like, how do you adapt this practice, right. to all of these unique uniquenesses? Yeah, this, these uniquenesses, mm-hmm. right? How do we meet them?
0: Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, what else is going on? <laughs> hmm. This is what Wendy and I do in for breakfast, you know. I heard like. one of those. We <laughs> said, this will be easy. Just turn on the recorder.
1: That's <laughs> well, a captive audience in your yeah, house, too. So. Yeah. The yeah. dog
0: sits at my feet. The oh, cat walks around sweet. and meows for more food.
1: Yeah, mine will start doing that in, in a
0: moment. <laughs> yeah, as it gets to dusk.
1: Yeah, she's already circling her plate. Mm-hmm.
0: We'll get right back to our conversation with Kristen Leal. You should definitely check out Kristen live. She's going to be teaching body poetry and intro to meta-anatomy workshops in New York City on March 3rd and meta-anatomy essentials training in New York City, April 9 to 13. All the info is on www.kristenleal.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-L-E-A-L.com. And there's a link in the show notes if you just want to click on it, all right? Thanks. So we were talking about a, a teaching a minute ago and um, about this idea that a teacher has something that they're giving. And um, one of the nice definitions... You mentioned the Judith Lassiter. Um, one of the descriptions I've heard that I liked, and I forget if it was from Wendy or Al or something, it, it's like someone who's done the practice and and had an experience, and they're sharing with you some guidance on how to find that experience. mm mm-hmm. It's like you've been down a road and your student may not have to go down that same road. You know, it's like your process is your process. So Mm -hmm. they might need to do it slightly differently, but you know where the destination is. And so you have something to share about how do you get there. Mm -hmm. And I, I I always thought that was a nice way of sort of avoiding that ego thing that I can tell you how to do it. But I do know where it is or I do know what it is that we're after. Mm -hmm. And so maybe we can work on it together, you know. So I'm always asking students, like, when they come up with a question, I, I like, have a question back for them. It's like, (laughs) well, how does that feel or what, you know, what's happening, you know. Have you tried backing that off or have, you know, or if it's a meditation question, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like, well, it's okay to be where, where you are right now. That's just like part of it you just have to keep going yeah mark whitwell used to say uh, to be a teacher you have to have a practice and want to help people
1: Mm. simple yeah yeah I think it's kind of like a lab experiment. We can set up the parameters. Mm-hmm. We can give the techniques. We can kind of, uh, uh but what happens is, is curious. Yeah. <laughs> it may not. Because we
0: all have that unique role.
1: Yeah. These alchemical practices mm-hmm. are going to show up a little differently. Yeah. Um, so if we get too fixed to the result or the technique or the Dharma or our interpretation, I think we miss out again on the uniqueness yeah. of everyone else's process. Yeah. I think we're, uh, I always try to say to teacher trainers, we're teaching to the highest aspect of the student. You don't know who those students are. Mm-hmm. I've had in my class, unbeknownst to me, you know, I've had like, movie stars and Mm -hmm. royalty and like uh noble laureates and scientists and uh neurophysiologists and like there's a whole range of Mm -hmm. of people and and people that may not have a fancy title but have had like a life experience that is rich and full and you know um beyond anything i've touched you know and so we're, we we can not assume as teachers that, again, that we have the answer right. by doing A, B and C, you're going to come to the same realization, yeah. Yeah. um, that I have. Um, so we have to just, I think instead of, um, I like to use the word we're sharing, we're just sharing yeah. again. I, I see you, I hear you. This is my experience, um this is what's worked for me um al has that good i think it is i don't i'm I'm not quite sure now that i say it but um you know you can try to tell someone what sugar tastes like you know it's in this food and that it's kind of granular it has this it's sweet it hits this part of your Mm -hmm. tongue right causes this chemical reaction in the body right um it, but it doesn't quite hit the mark, you know. It's best just to give them sugar, right? And that that let them taste it, yeah. You know, and then let their experience be valid, yes. you yes. know, and and seen and witnessed. Yes. Um,
0: and you can be there. In case there are questions along the way or in case there's like a misunderstanding in terms of what you said. Because we assume communication is so straightforward when we say it. Oh, of course they're going to understand what I mean. But they don't necessarily, you know, so.
1: Has this happened to you like after class? um, You give a brilliant class, obviously. (laughs) And (laughs) you know what you've said. Of course. And you know what you've said. Yes, you're very clear on it. It's probably something that you've said a hundred times or whatever, and then a student will come up afterwards and quote you to you, something that you have never said in your whole life or a concept that was not in that class. Yeah. I see people quoting me sometimes in like online or like in articles, <laughs> or and I'm like, those words have never left yeah. my mouth, yeah. and so it's it's it it's a good reminder yeah. that what we say. Is not always what is heard or felt right. or interpreted. Or
0: you said it yourself about your early people, right? Who knows? That's right. why
1: I've come to that yeah. feeling of like I can have so much judgment for for what I think I heard in the past in these practices. Yeah. But who knows if that's what was said? It's it's right. my own kind of makeup and neuroses. Yeah. Was kind of you know clouding out some of what they were saying I'm sure yeah. or translating it much differently
0: yeah and I you know and that's that to me is one of the interesting parts of teaching teachers you know teaching people who are either already teachers or they're almost teachers yeah. you know that they're taking the instruction and then they're using it and then they're working with it and then they're interpreting it mm-hmm. in the way that's real for them And then it's interesting because they'll have their first notion of what's going on and they'll say, it's kind of like this, right? And at that point, as a teacher of teachers, you get to say, well, kind (laughs) of, but you're only seeing like a little piece of it, right? Right. And so then, then you help them take the next piece of the trail right right right. down the road to a more complete understanding of it and that's really fun you know and sometimes they're just like brilliant it's the thing they came up with oh yeah that's a great way (laughs) I'm going to steal that or sometimes they're they're off the mark completely but you know it's like that's a really rich teacher student place Mm -hmm. you know and it happens uh, like at every level too even a beginner student is like doing it and They come back for a month, and at the end of the month, they're like, they're in their focus, and you're Mm -hmm. like, wow, your practice looks really good. And they're like, oh God, I'm so bad. I can't even touch my toes. I can't do blah blah blah. You know, and you're like, will that go away? When will that? It's okay. I see what you're doing, and it's really good. Yeah. So. Yeah, and um, you know, one of the other things you were saying about this role of having this not comprehensive knowledge or maybe not even being up to the level of experience of one of your students or something Mm -hmm. but I think as a teacher the karma of the universe is flowing through you in a way that this shakti this energy of teacher Mm -hmm. is there Mm -hmm. and it's valid so you you have something to offer regardless of whether it's, you know, the king of Egypt or, right. <laughs> or you know, some young kid. And, you know, right. we've had the opportunity to teach young kids who are, like, unbelievably mature. Mm. It's amazing, yeah. you know, when you run into that. Yeah. But still you have something to teach them, even though they're way behind, beyond what you were when you were their age. You know? Yeah.
1: I think that, like, um, I, u- I went through a phase of especially with the science components or the Western anatomical model. I just wanted to learn more and more facts and figures and have more kind of stuff to share with students or fellow teachers. Um, And I was teaching very much from my head. And it was a battle, you know, because there's always going to be someone that knows more. The science changes, your understanding of the science changes. Um, uh, even my understanding of the Western anatomical, the muscle bone stuff, has evolved enormously for
0: me in the I last ten years. Not to mention all the meditation stuff and the mind and the oh, fMRI. Yeah,
1: you know. well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but but even even on something as 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 we think finite as your muscle goes from here to here, and your this is this is labeled this and it has this nervous system. I used to really want to just teach kind of facts and figures and lines and all that really is is separating Mm. right whether it's with a scalpel or your words it's Mm. about separating and I no longer want to teach that way i want to teach from my heart and i feel more it lands better Mm -hmm. you know uh i get into less trouble (laughs) (laughs) um and it's more true that nothing can be separated, mm-hmm. right? And I can give you lots of facts and figures. I know I know some stuff, right? But it doesn't matter. It, it matters to remember the wholeness. Yeah. It, it matters to remember that a chakra is not different than a gland or a body part or a segment or a nerve plexus. Or it, I mean, we can label it for teacher training and make it easy for you to write down on some note pads yeah um but ultimately for the conclusion of nothing we are interdependent interwoven and interdependent you know and even on a microcosm level of just me and my meat suit and all my energetic parts but also how i fit in the puzzle piece of the universe right me and you yeah not separate yeah. Right. Uh, it, we, you know, we come up with these constructs of me, woman; you, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a, a teacher, a student. We, we come up with this, and we play it, and it's useful in some respects. But, but ultimately, this whole shtick of yoga is remembering the wholeness yes. that we are not separate, even yes. though the mind will insist yes. on duality. It it's a fallacy. Yeah. Ultimately, in our uh, in our truth, capital T truth, we yeah. are united. Yeah. Right. So, when you teach from that place, that remembrance, that led from the heart, everyone's seen. Right. Uh, um. Rather than me trying to label the origin insertion of your hamstrings. Om. Om Shanti. <laughs>
0: namaste Kristen.
1: namaste peter
0: before we go just wanted to remind you go to peterfurco.com because i'm going to antigua for easter going to france this summer with wendy and orika norbury and you gotta come check it out it's gonna be really fun mona we're doing the peter's podcast live Right in the middle of February. So many fun things. Talk to you soon. Namaste.